Welcome to the podcast. My name is Lance Wigton. I am the Communications Director here at Real Life Ministries. And again, I'm with my very good friend, Jim Putman, who is the Senior Pastor here at Real Life Ministries. Uh, Jim, we're going through questions about prayer, and we have had a lot of them. Uh, one, uh, one question we had was about the sinner's prayer. First, Jim, uh, what is the sinner's prayer? And then the follow-up question to that is, will it save you? That's a big question. That's a big question. Uh, well, the sinner's prayer is a concept that I think it's not historical mm-hmm. in the way that it's described oftentimes. It's it's a prayer of uh, that you might see at some sort of um, evangelistic conference where uh, you're asking Jesus into your heart. You know, like Billy me. Graham or something. Yeah, save me. Um, and it's you don't see that methodology being used in the first century. You know, we want to go back to what the early church did. Mm-hmm. Um, when you hear the first sermon in Acts two, Paul, or excuse me, uh, Peter gets out and preaches this Jesus whom you crucified is, uh, was both Lord and Christ. Mm-hmm. It says when the people heard this, they said, "said brothers, what shall we do?" Mm-hmm. Uh, it says they were pierced to the heart and said, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, so you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and this promise is for you and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God uh, has called. So what you see is when they believed, and you see they believed because they were pierced to the heart. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. He is the Son of God. They, they, they quoted the Old Testament Scripture to prove that what Jesus had done was historical, it was prophecy, he had done it, mm-hmm. they're pierced. Uh, they said, well, what do we do? And the answer wasn't pray a prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was repent. And that is a condition of the heart. It says, turn away from your self-ruled life, turn to the Lord, reject the sin. Same thing that John the Baptist has said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm-hmm. There's a turning of the heart, a change of the heart that says, you are the Savior. You are the Lord. And then he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. Mm-hmm. And then he says, for the forgiveness of your sins. Mm-hmm. So um, when you get into Romans 6, you see this condition of the heart that uh, and baptism is this kind of picture uh, of you're dying to your old life. It's really, baptism is really like a, a visual that burns it into your mind about what you're actually doing. I'm dying to my old life, mm-hmm. raised to walk in newness of life. Um, water doesn't forgive you for your sins. I mean, it doesn't wash away your sins away. Right. The blood of Jesus does that. But it's a picture of I've been washed. Mm-hmm. Um, my sins have been forgiven, cleansed. Uh, and, and again, I'm going to live for Christ. There's a change of heart that leads to a change of action and a change of how I live. So, um, you know, Romans 6 says, don't you know that all of you have been baptized into Christ, have been buried with Christ, to raised to walk in the newness of life. So this concept of just pray, say the right words, kind mm-hmm. of these formula words that say, I need you to save me. And a lot of times in the prayer, they'll say, you're the Lord of my life. But when you go into scripture, it also says, if you go to Matthew 28 when Jesus says go into all the world all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me therefore go into all the world and make disciples 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. So he said, go and make disciples, Mm -hmm. not converts. So praying a prayer and then going your way in life is not the same as I believe he is the one who is the king of kings. I've fallen short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he's sent Jesus to die for me so my sins could be forgiven. There's a change of heart. He's my Savior and my Lord. Um, and I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus who is baptized mm-hmm. again. It was a command. It wasn't a suggestion. He's talking about baptism in water. Mm-hmm. There's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we see that that's different. There's a baptism in water. Um, as a picture of, uh, and, a, and like a, the difference between asking your wife to marry you and going to a wedding and make, making your vows. Mm-hmm. In both senses, you've decided already, or you wouldn't have asked. Mm-hmm. She said yes. In your heart, it's done. But there is a ceremony that mm-hmm. says, now I'm confessing this. I'm confessing Jesus is Lord. I'm uh, making my statement. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I'm. It's this event of turning and moving on, that also says to everybody else, I belong to Jesus. And it's like a recogni- recognition of, we have a new family member. Mm-hmm. And we celebrate this together. There's a life that's been changed. Mm-hmm. This, so, as you look at the sinner's prayer, you're you're praying something. And it's this, almost like a formula that says, okay, now I have my hell insurance. Mm-hmm. But there's oftentimes not discipleship, where I'm, I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus as taught by a disciple of Jesus. I'm a part of the family of God. I'm born again. I have brothers and sisters and a new father. I'm going to be taught. I'm an infant in Christ. I Mm -hmm. went from dead to infant, born again. Now I'm going to be discipled to live a new life in a family. Um, And so the sinner's prayer has become, in my opinion, this kind of cheap way of of uh, saying some words because I had an emotional sort of thing and then mm-hmm. that's it because most people aren't taught there's more. Mm-hmm. And again, what's the bad side of this? God's got a wonderful plan, wonderful plan for my life. So if I get baptized, he's going to come and join my life and help me to accomplish all that I've dreamed in my life right. to do. Versus, no, I'm dying to that. I'm, I'm, be, my, I'm denying myself, taking up my cross and following Jesus and I'm going to learn that. It's a completely different thing. Now, are, that, are there people that understood understand the prayer as being I really am turning my life over to Jesus. Yeah, cuz I mean you could make the case that it's the, it's the first start the first step to repentance. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know that that it, it's a visual. The repentance I think happens in the heart. Yeah. And I'm going to say this prayer. It's a step that can lead to those things. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying um, it's a terrible thing, but Oftentimes, I think it's misunderstood, and I don't think it's consistent with Scripture. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to downplay people who are trying to make an attempt to move people towards Jesus. I just think we should get back to more of a biblical approach. Of I'm not against big evangelistic events, but the best way to reach people and disciple people is life on life. Mm-hmm. So not go to an event and have a preacher do it. The preachers equip people to be able to share their faith wherever they work, live, and play. And when you're sharing your faith, you're sharing the faith with them, and you're inviting them because you're in relationship with them to mm-hmm. understand the truth, to take a step, and now let's become a disciple, and I'll help you with that. So I'll help you know Jesus, and I'll help you be a disciple of Jesus. 
and I'm going to help you make that change in your life. I'm not saying that the sinner's prayer is 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 bad. I think it's incomplete. It could be mm-hmm. misunderstood, both by the one who's leading someone to do it and by the one who's being led to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's led to a whole bunch of people that can claim to be Christians but haven't changed, were never challenged with the new way of life. Mm-hmm. But I went to this thing, I said this prayer. Mm-hmm. Now, by the same token, there are people that think baptism is like this thing that you do and you check your box, I have mm-hmm. my hell insurance and I wasn't discipled. And, and that could be misused too. That's incomplete too. Right. So I just want to get back to what the first church did and what they understood. And I think that leads to mature disciples who um, who understand what it means to walk with Jesus in a new way. Well, I brought up Billy Graham, uh, but and, they, and they, they say the prayer, but they, but they also, even at these big when they used to do these big revivals or big conferences, uh, he, the people would say the prayer, but they would try and get them into relationship with, with someone in a local church to what exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So, and Billy Graham really did try to do that. Yeah. The problem was most local churches didn't have a discipleship program. They just said, hey, go to a church. But right. we weren't called to just go to church. We were supposed to call to be the church and be in relationship where there was actual investment and protection, like spiritual parenting. But again, most people just relegate that to information transfer, go to church, sing some songs, mm-hmm. you know, um, listen to a preacher, then go live your life mm-hmm. instead of a community of believers that care for one another, disciple one another. There's a whole list of things wrong with the church doing something more modern than getting back to what Jesus did, what Jesus meant, what the early church did. It's led to a bunch of immature people mm-hmm. in the faith. It's like, you know. If we were to use the method of the church for parenting physically, you're, I bring you home from the hospital, say you on the couch, say, hey, there's the refrigerator, there's the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you need anything, come back. And, you know, no, that would be abuse. Mm-hmm. And by the same token, there's a lot of people that like the idea of praying a prayer, but I don't want to change my life and go get involved in, the, in, the, in a church that wants to make disciples. Mm-hmm and wants to invest in me because I don't have time for that. A prayer I can do. It's quick. Mm-hmm. It's an event. Being involved in the family of God, I don't have the time for that. Well, then that means you haven't really repented. So you can pray whatever you want. If you're not, if there isn't a heart of repentance to go, I'm going to be obedient to the Lord Jesus and do what he asked me to do. Uh, as he unveils more and more to me, but at least those first steps where I'll learn more, if there isn't a heart of repentance and mm-hmm. change and a faith that leads to obedience, then you can pray whatever prayer you want, or you can get baptized. It didn't mean a thing. Yeah, I uh, I think I think you covered it. I think um, a lot of times people are looking at the sinner's prayer as the passcode to get into the door. You know, yeah. like you see in different movies. It's right. like, oh well, I said this. Yeah. I knew that you know the rain in, mm-hmm. in Spain is mainly on their plane or mm-hmm. whatever, and they're able to get in there. But that, but you're absolutely right. That it that is. Uh, it's not a bad thing, but it, but it's not the whole thing, and it's a good it's a good beginning. Another um, another question uh, we had is when unbelievers pray, does God hear from, or can He hear from unbelievers? Well, yeah, I, He hears everything. He knows everything, um, and obviously, the Holy Spirit's working on people who are unsaved. Mm-hmm. So. Everybody's got to start somewhere. I I think about Josiah. He's my favorite king in the Old Testament. Who, um, the he's become king. The the country's in a mess, 
he sends some guys down to start cleaning out the temple, which has become kind of a mall to all the different gods. Each mm-hmm. one of the, the temple's rooms are kind of built to the different gods. One room is for Jehovah. I mean, it's completely polluted. And he says, you know, there must be some sort of problem spiritually. He only knows what he knows. So he sends down his guys to go start cleaning up the temple. Mm-hmm. And while they're cleaning up the temple, they find, imagine this, they find the book of the law. The scriptures had been lost. They were in there, but nobody knew where they were. They mm-hmm. find them. All right. And, um, and then you have Josiah has it read to him. And when he reads it, mm-hmm. or hears it, he tears his robes and he's like, oh my goodness. And he repents. Mm-hmm. And it says, it says that, what have we done? We're surely going to be destroyed. We need to, we need to go and talk to God, right? So now he starts looking for somebody, a, a prophet of God, and he finds Holda. Mm-hmm. And Holda says, um, you know, again, Holda is a prophet. She hasn't heard how this guy, these guys come to her. They've been sent by the king. But she says, hey, you go back and tell the guy who sent you. Go back and tell Josiah. That God saw you when you read, when he when he heard, or when you heard the, the the book of the law, and saw you tear your robes and repent. Therefore, this isn't going to happen. He is going to punish. He is going to do these things, but not in, in these things, but not in your time. So, what do you see there? You see a person who is like, there's a spiritual problem, but I really don't even know what it is. But he's open to pursuing. Mm-hmm. And going, okay, there's something going on down there. When he when he when he discovers this, God saw. Right? God saw the whole thing. Mm-hmm. When when he was willing uh, and open to follow the light wherever it led, God knows and sees that and responds to that. He knows what you'll do if you hear his word. Mm-hmm. He also knows that that uh, nothing you could hear would open your heart at this time in this mm-hmm. place, or maybe even ever. You know, I, I think about in my own life, he, he, the Lord didn't really send me anybody to talk to me about mm-hmm. stuff when I was far from God. He, I believe he did keep me alive because he knew there was going to be a day in which I would respond. Mm-hmm. And when there was this day of where, what am I doing with my life? And maybe there is something here and maybe there is a God and maybe there is something more. And I'm open, and, and I'm, I'm like, God, if you're there, he, he's, I think he heard that even though I wasn't a believer because mm-hmm. he knows um, um, what it's going to take and if there is something. And he brings the right thing at the right time. And then when you step through that door, he gives you more. He starts where you are, and he leads you down the road of, of a closer relationship with him. But again, at the point in which you go, I'm done. I'm not doing that. He's not going to make you, mm-hmm. but we have no excuse either. Right. But he, but he sees it. But and to your point, uh, here Josiah did a bunch of great stuff after after this. Mm-hmm. He goes and wipes out the high places. I mean... Cleans up the temple, burns out all... You know, really, there is not another king like him. Well, it says that. Yeah. No other king like him yeah. before or after. It wasn't just me. The Bible said it. Second Kings 22. Uh, or, yeah, Second Kings 22. It could be First Kings. I think it's Second Kings 22. The greatest king... And what he did, starting out as a, someone who didn't really know much of anything, mm-hmm. but God sees and knows and he acts. So are you an unbeliever who has rejected Jesus and is not interested in Jesus, but wants God up there to 
you know, give them something. I, I, he's like, no, mm-hmm. nope. But does he hold the world together and cause the rain to fall on the just and the unjust? Is he, is he going to, is there no excuse because he gave us the world and we can tell and we can see it in Romans one and, and there's enough to know that he's there. Um, and so do good things happen to unbelievers? Yeah. The world, God holds the world together and there's some good things that happen. But when an unbeliever who rejects God refuses to be obedient with what God has asked them to do, mm-hmm. says, throws up a prayer, you know, and, and has no intention whatsoever other than just taking what God gives and not being thankful and using it for their own good and taking credit for it and all that, I think he's just like, no, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only does he see it and hear it, but he also, you can't fool him. No. I would, I would agree with that. Um, so, and here's another question. Is, uh, is it okay or, uh, or what, what is God's response to when you ask for a sign? And I've heard people um, many times will be stuck between uh, a decision. You know, they're at a, they're at a fork in the road. And they don't know whether they should go left or right. And then they'll say, I just need God to show me a sign on which one to take. Uh, and I, I know we have a biblical example of Gideon and uh, uh, the fleece asking for a sign. Uh, what's God's response to that in modern times, in our times? And uh, do you think that's right for us to even ask? Well, I, I think, I know God works through circumstances. But God's spirit doesn't contradict God's word or mm-hmm. God's bringing about circumstances um, that, that appear to be an open door towards something that God has already said no to. Uh, the devil can open doors too. Mm-hmm. Things can just happen. People can have a nice idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I've seen a lot of people justify things that are absolutely unbiblical based on they got a sign, like, you know, uh, their marriage is tough and they want out. Hey, Lord, give me a sign mm-hmm. if, if it's okay to get out of this marriage. <laughs> right. Right. And so the sign was that this really nice lady across the office asked him out for coffee. Mm-hmm. God gave me a sign. No, God says, do not commit adultery. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the circumstance that you're really wanting is give me any sort of sign that I can get what I want. That's exactly right. When you go back to, to Gideon's story, Gideon did not want to go and do that. The sign was not to give me what I want, but I so badly don't want to do this that um, I need more than one sign. And in that case, the activity of God, God had a plan and he's going to do something for Israel, and it's a big picture plan, and yep, you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I want you to do it, and I'm going to prove to you I want you to do it. Um, a lot of people use that, you know, like I, I've had people say to me, well, Jim, um, you know, do you, you, want to, you want to move to L.A. and be a pastor, first of all? Absolutely not. But, well, it's a, big, it's a bigger LA. place, and you can grow, the, influence the kingdom and all that. And, um, you know, and... They'll go, you know, and they're like, well, Jim, don't you need to pray about that before you just say no? And I go, well, I'll do what God wants me to do if he wants me to do it. Right. I didn't want to move to North Idaho. I'll do it. But he's going to have to be really clear. 
And, and, and so, um, well, what would be, the question is always, what makes this really clear? Would it be that somebody called me and offered me a job? Is that it? It only, it only to leave my spiritual family here means that all you got to do is offer me a job and somehow that's an answer? There has to be way more than just somebody offering me a mm-hmm. job, right? I mean, that by, that by itself doesn't give me a sign. Uh, that that could happen because the enemy's trying to get me out of here. Mm-hmm. That could happen because somebody doesn't know, doesn't have a leader in their own church, or you know, I have people that will say, "Okay, uh, I have a job, but we're not making a lot of money, and uh, we're I've really been praying about it, and I got this offer of a job that makes twice what I'm making." And so I'll go, okay, well, all right, that could be, but what else? You know, well, um, I, I, uh, I'd have to be gone a week, here a week, gone mm-hmm. a week, here a week. Okay, but you've been married for seven years and you have two kids under five. Leaving your wife alone for a week mm-hmm. with those kids or here a month, there a month or whatever, uh, I'm not sure that's God's will just because it has to do with money. The devil, remember Jesus was tempted by the devil and said, hey, if you'll bow down before me, I'll give you all the kings of this earth, right? They've been given to me and I can give them to who I choose, which is part true and part a lie. But the devil can offer you things. Mm -hmm. Money is typically not not the solution. Mm -hmm. And so there's just, when you're asking for a sign, I'm, I'm not saying God doesn't work that way. Does he work that way? Um, sometimes, yes. They're getting his evidence of that. Mm-hmm. But it's usually a call into die to yourself, deny yourself, and go into the war. It's not to make your life easier. Right. I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, you know, it can't be God's will if I'm uncomfortable <laughs> or if it's hard or if it's a battle. No, if you've been called, you're called a soldier of Christ for a reason, to deny yourself daily. That by itself, to deny myself daily and take up my cross and fall in, to love my wife as Christ loved the church is a daily battle. Mm -hmm. Every bit of doing what God wants me to do when I have a sinful nature of the devil, a hard, broken culture, isn't easy. Mm -hmm. So I'm always like, hey, hey, uh, okay, the fleece. Well, what what would determine that? Mm -hmm. I mean, what... What would determine that that's a miracle, that that came from God? It, it can't be just something that's like a simple... It's not a miracle to have somebody call you and ask you for... You, you had the, the fleet... Okay, let me, let me go back for a second. You, you said the sign, uh, if it's uncomfortable, but then, then uh, it's got more chance that it came from God, which I totally get. But your example of, hey, Jim, you should go to L.A., that's... That would be more pain. You don't want to go to that. That's true. That's good. Point. So then, how do you how do you weigh how do you weigh up those two things? Well, there'd have to be several things. I think the bigger the decision that you make, the more you know. Measure twice, mm-hmm. cut once. Get right. wise counsel. Pray through. Think through all the consequences. Think through the negative sorts of things. I, I remember when I was called uh, planting the church here. Uh, the Grubs called me, and I was in an existing church. And they asked me to pray about coming here to plant with just a with uh, two families. Yeah, there were two families at the time. And, you know, they said, would you pray about it? And I said, 
yeah, I'll pray about it, but, you know, I'm leaning towards no mm-hmm. because I had three small kids. I had to make a living. They had no money to do that. And, and I didn't want to move back to North Idaho. My wife didn't really want to move back to North Idaho, uh, really. And, and so I said, okay, I'll pray about it. There was nothing, you know, my dad had been a church planner. That was a tough, I didn't want to do that to my kids. There mm-hmm. was nothing about this that I really wanted to do. It wasn't making my life easier. My mind would have been to take an existing church somewhere that could pay a salary. You know, um, you're not starting from nothing. You're already not, had chairs set up. Chairs set up. Oh <laughs> my goodness. Um, and so I did pray about it though, and that led to a non-Christian guy. You know, we're putting together a docu series that's coming out on the, the story of real life. To a non-Christian guy in a conversation, who said, "I'll give you mm-hmm. money." out of the blue and you're going okay you're a non-christian guy why would you give us money you know there's certain things that are like whoa mm-hmm. okay that's a that's that's not a normal yeah. situation only god could do that I, I and i think that's i think that's really good because um in this situation uh you didn't necessarily want to move up move here you were you were in a you were in a situation in Oregon City that was at least stable, and for a young family, stable is a, a pretty good a pretty good thing. Yeah, you got no stability. We there was nothing here in yeah. North Idaho. Um, Post Falls had tried three other churches uh, plants yeah. plants that did not work, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like the you know soil was rich with minerals. And uh, here you were going to come. And, and just have being asked, the grubs asking me right. to do that wasn't like, oh, it must be a God thing. Right. But being asked meant, and when they asked me to pray about it, I prayed about it. And then, you, then, then, there, was more, then there was more evidence that you felt. And it just kept that. coming. Yeah. Right? It, I mean, it, it was like, it was, yeah, it was the Roy Rose situation with the $30,000. But there was, I, I, we come down here and things start happening. And it's like, okay. But it wasn't like, yay, I want to do this. It's like, man, okay, I, I just know I'm supposed to. Right. Uh, there's nothing easy about this. I don't know. I've, I've been a youth minister. I've never been a senior pastor. Everything about it scared me. And, um, you know, Aaron being willing to come, you know, I didn't think that was going to I thought I was going to have to come by myself, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that. And he's like, no, I'll go with you. You will? I mean, there's not, there's, we don't even have a salary for one, let alone two. Yep, I... You start laying it all out. There's a whole bunch of stuff that started happening, and you, and at that point, you're like, okay, God, I'm willing to do this. It's not really what I would have chosen. It's going into stepping out into faith to be about your business. It's not trying to make my life easier. Mm-hmm. And again, a lot of people are trying to avoid pain, suffering, or any sort of instability as though it's not of God. Mm-hmm. And they're not moving towards a thing that's more of God. They're just moving towards a thing of an easier job or a better location to live or I'll get a house instead of an apartment. Or right. How is that a kingdom thing? And again, I'm not saying it's always a bad thing to move from a house from an apartment into a house right. or into right. a nicer neighborhood. But you know, the situation with Gideon was he's going to go to war undermanned against an enemy and he's not a real brave sort. He's of mm-hmm. a little tribe. And, and you know, as you get down, it's even more 
get rid of half, almost all my guys except for the ones who drink. I mean, there's nothing about this that's easy or a normal human being would do. Right. And it wasn't to go to a more comfortable life. And again, that's how a lot of people use this. I'm going to, I'm going to, first of all, forget what God's word has said about it. Mm-hmm. No, God's word says this is important. When God asks you to do something, it's usually getting involved in something that only God would do. Mm-hmm. It's not about making your life easier. Right. And, um, and so use that in the right context instead of how it's often used. Speaking of Gideon, though, then it rolls us into fleecing. Fleecing is unique. It's, it's not just asking for a sign, but you actually call out to God what the sign is going to be. Mm-hmm. So in our modern context, it would be, um, um, I, you know, if somebody offers money for my truck, even though it's not for sale, but it sells in the next week, then I'll know that I'm supposed to do whatever. Yeah, but it usually it's what we do is I'll know I need to sell the truck, and it's not so that my kid can go to Christian school, though we don't have the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so I can go on vacation, or it's you know there's there's a it's not so that that maybe I'm I'm doing that so that I could help a family in need, or it's it was the call of God into a ministry impact, mm-hmm. saving the people of Israel, where we throw it around about buying a house or a car or a new job mm-hmm. or it's more about you know the day things about my own life and my own personal comfort and mission than about the things of God so you um, so the the fleecing isn't necessarily bad you're saying it is the what you're you're asking God to show you a sign over what's your motivation and what is it about right so if somebody were to ask me to go on the mission field to Africa, and and then some guys who I know, well, first of all, I know God's word is to reach the whole world. Right. Right. Um, and if my answer is, well, no, my grandkids are here, I can't do that. Wait a minute. God sent people all over the world at the expense of themselves. Mm-hmm. So this is not something I'm, I, I would, you know, if I were to leave here, all my kids are here, all my grandkids mm-hmm. are here. I'm willing to go, but God's going to have to show me. Now, how? What would that? What would that be like? Well, it would be, you know, um, in line with God's word. It'd be for a mission that God would uh, want me to be involved in. It'd have to be an impact that He was leading me towards. Mm-hmm. It would be have to be a step of faith. It would have to be um, endorsed by my spiritual counsel. It would have to be, there's have to be some circumstances. My wife would have to say, yes, I'll go with you. And she'd have to pray mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And, and again, so it, it, we use it for such trivial things. Should I buy this house or that house? Yeah. You know, God does care about our daily bread, but what God really cares about is those next door neighbors don't mm-hmm. know him more than he cares about. Do you live with with a big back porch or mm-hmm. a, you know, those are American things that we get all hung mm-hmm. up on. Should I buy that four wheeler? Right. I, I've even had the conversation with people who said, well, God didn't stop me, which I'm like, uh, well, he could have, you know, well, the truth is that God already told you some things in the word that should have stopped you. Yeah. You when you're not going to listen to the word. I, I think about that, that Luke 16 past passage where it was, uh, the rich man, and Lazarus, right? Mm-hmm. And Lazarus is starving. Uh, he's poor. He's got sores all over his body. But the rich man who eats 
all day long and you know dressed in fine clothes and all that and guy sitting at his gate doesn't take care of him they both die and one of them uh, is in Abraham's bosom a place of waiting mm-hmm. for those who are saved and had faith and one of them is in Hades a place of torment waiting for the final judgment um, and so the rich man says Father Abraham you know tell tell uh, Lazarus to dip his finger in water, come over here and dip it on my tongue because I'm in agony. And mm-hmm. So, again, he's not talking to the guy, the poor guy. He's, it's, he's less than. Order mm-hmm. him around. Have him come over and take care of me even in hell, right? Mm-hmm. In, in Hades. And uh, Father Abram says, no, you received your good things in life, and he, he suffered, and he's in a place of rest. And we couldn't go across to you anyway because there's a chasm. And, uh, you know, you're where, you are where you are. And so the guy says, hey, will you send somebody to my brothers mm-hmm. so that they won't be in this, come to this place? And Abraham said, son, if they won't listen to the word of mm-hmm. God, they won't listen to even a dead man raising. If you won't do what's clearly written in the word, mm-hmm. well, what is, what is Father Abraham and Jesus telling the parable saying here? The word has teeth. Mm-hmm. All scripture is God breathed. If you won't listen to the word, what it actually says, mm-hmm. uh, then you're not going to listen to circumstances mm-hmm. uh, that are negative. You're, you're going, you want what you want. You're going to get what you want, and you know. So stop me if you don't want me to do this. If if God's word says don't do it, that was his stop sign. You blow mm-hmm. right through that. You're going to get t-boned. You're going to get t-boned. Yeah. You know, and you you chose it. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, well, uh, Jim, thanks for a- answering these questions. And, and uh, you know, a lot of them have a lot of different tentacles and roots to them. And I appreciate you hitting all of them and look forward to talking to you next time.